If you enjoyed podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Hopeful Hints, hosted by Dr. Tara, guides and supports those on the often challenging and isolating journey of women's health concerns and infertility. There's a particularly powerful episode that you should check out called All Things Endometriosis, which dives deep into understanding the condition to help the many women who suffer from endometriosis and have no idea they have it, and healthcare providers who are uneducated about it, making the diagnosis process so difficult. Check out Hopeful Hints on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com. Welcome to the Nurse Wellness Podcast, empowering nurses to manage stressors so they can intentionally reconnect with their purpose, optimize their wellness, and ultimately show up in the world the way they want to be seen. I'm your host, nurse practitioner, Wendy Garvin-Mayo, your stress solution strategist. In this podcast, you'll receive actionable stress management tips, insightful interviews, and strategies that focus on inspiring you to be your best, do your best, and give your best. With that, let's get started. Hi, ladies. Welcome to the Nurse Wellness Podcast. How are you today? Great. Fabulous. Awesome. So we are joined here by the host of the 4NP podcast, which include four nurse practitioners, and we're going to go around so they all can introduce themselves and tell us a little bit about uh, who you are and what you do besides the podcast. And we'll start with Colleen. Hi, I'm Colleen Zyla. I'm a nurse practitioner. Um, I am kind of a newer nurse practitioner. I um, have been just working per diem doing uh, for a company called Vault Medical. And I also work uh, in the medical device field. I have many years of clinical research experience. So that's what I do is my primary job. And I work for a medical device company out in California. Very cool. Then we have Oneida. Hi, everybody. Um, thank you for having me, Wendy, and having us. Uh, we appreciate it. Um, I am a nurse practitioner. I started out in primary care, um, and that made my head spin. But uh, <laughs> I ended up <laughs> leaving New York. That's where I was born and raised. And I just recently moved to Florida in January um, with my family. And I am working remotely for a mental health company. Um and I love it. I love working from home and uh, it's definitely a different role, but uh, something that's just been really um, happy and <laughs> made me um, realize that I do enjoy being home <laughs> and not primary care. <laughs> Absolutely. And then we have Alicia. Hi, everyone. And thank you, Wendy. Um so I am also from New York. However, uh, after I passed my boards last year, actually, I'm the last one to have graduated. Um, and I passed my boards last June, actually, I packed everything up, went to Colorado. Um, for me, my move was a spiritual base. So I came out here to go to Bible college. So even going through my master's and going through all the nursing education, I felt like I still wanted that spiritual component to um, my life. And I wanted to ex explore that. So that's <laughs> what brought me out to 
Colorado, um, currently practicing as a registered nurse and in urgent care in Colorado Springs, um, but I have been putting out my applications. I actually got my, my first couple of job offers, so I'm going to be pursuing those. Um, so I'm excited about that, but um, I have four children. I have four grandchildren, and I'm just excited to be on this journey with these ladies. Wow. Well, uh, I know you guys can't really see her, but four grandchildren. (laughs) (laughs) You would never be able to tell. No, not at all. (laughs) That's amazing. We'll have to talk about your secrets after this. Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Next, we have Christina. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much, Wendy. This is really fun to do. Mm -hmm. Um, I am a nurse practitioner in a busy GI practice. Um, I've been been there for about 10 months and I really love it. Um, I started my journey. It was very rough, um, but now I feel um, that I am where I'm supposed to be. So I'm happy. Amazing. So the first question that comes to my mind is how did all of you meet? How did you come together? Great question. (laughs) Yeah. So, okay. So is it 18 years now? Cause it's been, okay. So yeah, 18 years ago, yeah. we met, um, getting our undergrad in, um, New York in upstate New York or Hudson Valley, New York. And, um, Christina and Oneida were friends and then Colleen and I were friends and then friends met friends. And then we just became the four of us and we just connected really well. We were mature. We were adult students. We were in, um, the accelerated program in evenings, Um, so, um, we just, we studied well together. We just helped encourage each other. We were kind of like, you know, if one was down, we were able to pick the other one up and keep it moving. And, uh, we did graduate together uh, in 20, sorry, 2007, I think it was right. (laughs) Um, we actually, yeah. And we actually got jobs together. Our first jobs as RN was in the same hospital in, in Northern Westchester hospital in New York. Um, and uh, from there, I don't know, should I <laughs> keep going? Keep going, right. keep going. Anyone? Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> so we each were kind of were on our own journey at that point. Um, I did a little bit of uh, floor nursing on cardiopulmonary. Um, Colleen was in the ICU. Oneida was on orthoneuro. Gee, how do I remember all this? Um, Christina, you're with me on cardiopulmonary, but then we each kind of went our each separate ways. Some of us went into home care. There was a little bit of a hospice thing going on with Colleen and she Mm. went to, to research nursing. I went to the OR. So we kind of split ways, but we always kept in touch during the years because we always, yeah, we always kind of knew like we had a future together. There was always like, Hmm, what's next ladies? What are we going to do? How are we going to make our millions? That's kind of like what we were always (laughs) pit chatting about, but, um, yeah. yeah. And then, uh, there was a decision made between Oneida and Christina. They were going to go back for the masters and Colleen and I kind of followed kicking and screaming. We actually didn't want to go back, but we, (laughs) we went ahead and we did it. And then, yeah, another endeavor together. That Oneida was the catalyst for that. That's right. That's right. It's all your fault, Oneida. It's all yeah. Oneida's fault. She basically said, "We're all. You're going back. We're going back." Yeah. That's yeah. the next. What did you say? That's the next best thing. That's the next thing yeah. for us to do. No brainer. Right. <laughs> that yeah. is amazing. And and who was the mastermind to start the podcast? Christina. My husband. <laughs> 
I want to know more about that story. <laughs> my son is a podcast producer and editor. Um, and so my husband was always like, you know, first of all, we were going to start our own business. And then we, that didn't end up, you know, we changed our minds. And then um, he was like, you guys, you definitely have to do a podcast. And I was like, ah, I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Because we're also busy, you know. Um, but then um, he kept talking about it. And then I would mention it when we would meet for our breakfast or our lunch, which we did at least quarterly every year. Um, and then it just, I, I don't know, it just started to become a real thing. And, and, and I think it's been so amazing. We've been able to meet so many people and learn more about each other. Um, it's just been a great journey so far. <laughs> yeah. It's been self-fulfilling too. I think for me, I was just saying a little earlier today to, uh, I talked to Alicia a little earlier today and I was just saying to her, you know, it, for me, it's like transitioning from the RN role to the nurse practitioner role can be a little bit challenging and stressful. There's a lot of, you know, you think to yourself, you we're going, you feel like you're going backwards. It was so hard when we our first year as an RN, it's so stressful. There's, you feel like you don't know anything and you're just so uncertain of yourself. And to go back there years later to feel like you're going back to that same place. You almost have like a little PTSD from it. I think. Yeah. It's like novice again. Yeah. Yeah. So I think um, for me personally, this, the podcast, I mean, aside from just working with uh, these three amazing women that uh, inspire me all the time, meeting other nurse practitioners and interviewing people for the podcast has been it, it's helping me transition to help it. It's helping me to grow into the next role in my life and, and to get a little more certain and just hearing other people's journeys, just, I don't know, it, it really teaches me something. It, I get something very personal out of that also. It's been great. Yeah. Podcasting is so rewarding. It's some, one of the, one of the things I do that I actually love because uh, I, I love to talk to people. I love to um, understand people, get their perspective, and everyone has their own journey. So, uh, Colleen, what's next for you? Because you're saying transition. Where are you going? Yeah, I mean, I, I I have a great job in medical device. I work for a company that I like very much and on a team that I really love. But um, I think I'm, you know, I've been working per diem. I think I'd like to do a little bit more work. Uh, as a nurse practitioner. So I'm looking to take on some more hours. I think I can balance both. Okay. Um, but I just feel like I, I want to take on a little bit more of a role with my nurse practitioner stuff. It's been, it's been as, I feel like it's been a little bit of a side hustle for me rather than front and center. And I don't know that it'll ever be front and center, but I want it to be a little more front <laughs> for sure. So just, uh, you know, have a higher priority. Cause I do, like that. And now I think I'm ready for it. And I think the year of the podcast, uh, podcasting has been preparing me to get ready for that. I think mentally just bracing myself for some new beginnings. Yes. Amazing. Amazing. Um, so what do you guys, your podcast focus on? You said NPs, is it for just NPs? I know it's called the four NPs, but can you tell our listeners what the four NPs podcast is about? I think we initially started the podcast um, to 
be there for, to talk about our struggles in starting out in as a nurse practitioner, because it can be very difficult. It's a whole new world. We don't feel that we're, we are properly prepared um, when we do start practicing and, you know, just sharing our own struggles. Um, we thought that we could be of service of help to other uh, new grads um, or students that are starting out just um, to be there to answer questions, to just be, um, you know, there for them. And also um, as it's kind of formed into what it is, and I'm sure it'll keep changing into, you know, as time goes by, um, we've kind of been able to reach out and meet other nurse practitioners and kind of find out what their journeys are and how they've um, been able to navigate their their beginnings as a nurse practitioner um, and how they've been able to make it work for them. Mm -hmm. Great. And Oneida, I want to start with you uh, for the next question. What are your thoughts on how the profession, the nursing profession has shifted uh, during the pandemic? And how do you all as the four NPs uh, talk about that on the podcast? Yeah, um, great question. And thank you for asking. Um, I think it's been hard. I think different um, specialties um, have ex experienced more difficulties, whether it's been in the ER or in the hospital setting, but not to say that the office setting hasn't been just as, as hard um, with different rules and regulations and requirements that are um, expected. I think it's been hard to really be able to practice as we're, as we are supposed to. Um, we've had to make adjustments. Um, you know, some, some organizations were better at, um, enforcing that or not enforcing it, but like encouraging new ways and accepting, um, you know, challenges in, in better ways um, than other organizations. But overall, I think um, it's been something that nurses have embraced, so to speak, because, mm -hmm. you know, we're used to challenges and changes right. and having to adjust. Um, so I think it's been um, nice and, and good to know that um, we support each other there's been a good um, support network out there. And I think that's what foreign NPs is not necessarily targeting COVID and the pandemic, but mostly targeting um, the idea that it's okay to readjust and to um, embrace change yes. and to not um, allow it to rule us and to change what we expect of our profession. Um, so um, I think, is that a good, is that a good answer? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, it's good because I, I think COVID has shifted our profession. And I think, you know, like your podcast, this podcast, it's used as an outlet for nurses, nurse practitioners, PAs, even though it's like, you know, nurse for NPs or nurse wellness, but the things we talk about can benefit so many people right. um, out there. And, and I think, you know, as nurse practitioners, we're in a, an interesting role. I was just talking to um, one of the faculty members here at UConn about nurse practitioners leaving the profession. We know that there's a nursing shortage crisis, right? Mm -hmm. so, so really what role can nurse practitioners play in, in you know, <clears throat> not feeding that? Because uh, I, I was talking about a lot of nurse practitioners leaving the field, right? And, and leaving one job to another, go for another job. But 
do we have some ownership in terms of like leadership? Can we be part of the solution? Right. So I think having a voice on a podcast, we, we can feed that message of, of empowerment. Absolutely. You know, 100%. yeah. Yeah. yeah so we, I, we definitely try to uh, reinforce that. I think we, we try, I think we try to do that at every episode to say, you know, you are a leader, you're, you're a nurse practitioner. You're not, not, a, not only a nurse. I don't want to say just a nurse because that's not correct, but you're not, you're not only a nurse. You are also a leader. You're, you're, you're a leader and you have a license and you have education and you have the ability to really do anything that you can imagine. It's just a matter of, you know, taking those first steps and moving forward. We, we, we own our license. We own our practice. We own our education and we can use that for so many good things. And we def- we've interviewed a couple of people who are real advocates for the profession, who do all sorts of things with legislation. Um, and, uh, you know, it, just the jobs or the opportunities are really endless. And we do, that's part of our, of what we, what we talk about a lot on our podcast. And we hope to continue to send that message to people. Like, you don't have to be trapped in one position if you don't like mm-hmm. it. And there's so many directions you can go just to follow your passion. Absolutely. Absolutely. Alicia, do you have anything to add? Well, I was just thinking, um, yeah, I mean, I think it was so stressful initially with the pandemic and just everything was so extremely chaotic and traumatic, actually. I mean, there were times like I came home, like, you know, and it it was like some trauma there because it was just so overwhelming. And with the shortages and with the huge volume and influx of people of sick, sick people that just wanted help and their anxiety levels, which you try to just, you try to be that calming voice of just kind of like, you know, okay, this is going to be okay. We're going to be okay. And you try to just get through the day, but at the same time, you're sometimes absorbing some of that anxiety because we really didn't know what was going to happen, but we were kind of like that central kind of trusted voice of, okay, this nurse can, you know, gave me this advice. She made me feel at ease. She helped me along this. I think, yeah, we're in such a respected role, you know, whether as an RN, if you're practicing as an RN or you're practicing as an advanced practice nurse. Um, And like you said, our voices and our, like, as far as advocating for changes and for important things and seeing things that are happening or processes that, that were happening, a lot of times it was hard to kind of speak up and say, hey, you know what, this is kind of like, maybe we should be doing this or do but in the beginning of the pandemic, it was just such, it was a, such a time where like that, it was very hard. Like these cha- things were happening and changing every day, like new guidelines were happening maybe weekly, you know, okay, now we do this. Now we're going to do this, you know, but like Oneida was saying, we are such the, we're at a place, like we became nurses. There's something in us that we're able to um, transition. We're able to like we used to in the, when I used to work in the OR, I was like, we're flexible and dynamic because we're able to just go with the flow and do the next best thing. And we're able to do it, you know, and we're strong, we're strong, we're resilient and we stay, I mean, but you know, the burnout issue is, is a real issue. So, you know, as far as, you know, your podcast with stress management and, and burnout and things like that is something that I think you know, and we've talked to burnout coaches and things like that as well, just like on self-care and knowing how to take care of yourself in these times that are like high stress, but yeah. 
Yeah, no, thank you for that. And what do you think, like, because for me, when I went to school, they didn't really teach us about stress management, self-care. No one was talking about resilience. What do you think schools can do now to really prepare nurses and NPs for the real workforce? Because we, we know that stress and the nursing shortage, that was something that existed before the pandemic. The pandemic just really amplified it, it really pulled the veil back on it and, and showed the world. But we know that that uh, was going on in the profession. So what do you think schools can do to help prepare healthcare professionals um, you know, for the workforce? And, and we'll start with Christina on this one. Um, I think that it, there's such a lack in in letting us know what actually is going, it's going to be like when you become a nurse practitioner and we're so used to our role as a nurse um, that like we don't understand. So just like the basics of what your role is going to be as a nurse practitioner, like just you have to return phone calls and you have to like, you have to like just everything, just preparing us because we're not prepared at all. We're, we're basically pushed out there and just, you know, good luck, have at it. Um, but I think that just giving us the information and just letting us know this is a new role. You're going to have to put orders in. This is how you put orders in, you know, and, and I understand that there's all different kinds of software, different uh, uh, doctor's yeah. offices and at, at, yeah, exactly. Um, but just giving us the basics of like, this is, you know, basics 101. This is the, the, just the basics of what you're going to be expected to do. And just having that, I think would just decrease the amount of stress that we feel because, you know, we're new, we're gonna, we already feel like inadequate and then just like not knowing what we're not, what we're supposed to do. And, you know, I feel like when we go in, even if we're new and they know that we're new graduates, we don't get the orientation that we're used to having as nurses. Right. So it just, just preparing us and, and like caring about us and caring what's going to happen once we do walk into this new role. Cause I don't think that there's enough of, of that. Yeah, it just made me think that we don't even have residency programs that I know are for NPs. You know, like as an RN, you have a residency program that you're in for six weeks or 12 yeah. weeks, whatever it is, that yeah. helps really walk you through and get you acclimated to the role. But we are kind yeah. of left on our own, right? And then we're working, we're kind of like in between the MD and, and the nurse. And then you have, you know, our PA counterpart. So it can right. be difficult. Um, Oneida, yeah. do you have anything to add to that in terms of how schools can really prepare? NPs or nurses for the field? Yeah, I, I agree with you in, in some sort of residency program. Um, I Just in, in working in my last um, role as a primary care provider, I worked alongside a lot of physicians and NPs. Um, and the physicians would always say, oh, when I was in residency, oh, when I was in residency. And I'm like, oh, darn, I didn't get that. You know, <laughs> And it's like, that's the preparation that's needed because you're expected to do the same role, the same jobs you're ordering, you're, you're prescribing, you're diagnosing, you're doing all of those things, but not really understanding the full scope of that. Um, so, I mean, that would, that that's one part. I think another part too, is realizing and help and helping students realize that when you leave school and you take on a full-time role, that role is 
overtime. Like there's no real full time. <laughs> so you either go full time or you go part time um, because there's so much work involved, um, especially as a new provider. You're still learning. You're still trying to figure out your place and knowing, you know, what your role is. So there's a lot more to it than just, oh, graduating and getting your first job. Um, it's it's convoluted and it's overwhelming. It's all those things. And you we're not prepared for the mental aspect of it either, I think. Um, then you t- put into take into account family, family roles, you know, because some people are older and they have children and a spouse and that adds to it. It's like, where do I put fit all this into my day? Um, so really understanding and, and, you know, preparing students to, to, you know, know that this is a serious role and either you're ready to take, take it on full time. And if not, then there has to be, and there are plenty of other uh, job op- options that don't require full-time roles. Yeah, absolutely. And what are your thoughts on mentorship? Because mentorship is something like I, I work in corporate as well, and, and they're really big on mentorship. Well, you don't really hear that in, in the clinical setting. You have someone that onboards you, your preceptor, and if they're, they're not there the next day, then you have a new one, right? <laughs> but you don't have like that person. What are your thoughts on, on mentorship? And then we can start with uh, Colleen. Uh, I think mentors are so valuable. And I I think in general in nursing, it's not as fostered as it could be. Um, I think we end up, some people end up finding their own mentors. I have, I've found a couple along the way myself, but I don't think it's very natural. And I think maybe instilling that in the, you know, in nurses in general, nurses in general and nurse practitioners, just to maybe they should even be teaching that in school. Uh, maybe they should teach a course on mentorship and the importance of it and taking somebody under your wings and really supporting them in, in this new, in these new roles. I mean, going back to something Oneida was saying um, earlier about just in general, and Christina also was saying it about the education with um, just the amount of stress that is brought on by the new role Something, um, I had met somebody who was in a graduate program at Marist College, which is in Poughkeepsie, New York. Um, I don't know why I said that, but anyway, maybe it's a good college for that. Um, She was in a master's program and she said they actually had a class that was required for the graduate nurses where they had to take like a stress management course themselves. They had to learn like yoga, meditation, how to handle, how to manage things, how to balance things. And I thought, boy, that would be such a great course just across the board for nurses, undergrad or graduate, just in general. Some of that stuff you do learn by being thrown into the fire, but it would be nice if we kind of came out with those skills also, because they are, this is a stressful job, no matter how you look at it. It's stressful. There's a lot of information. There's a lot of responsibility. And right now in the climate that we're living in, there is a lot of a lot of things impacting nurses and nurse practitioners. So, you know, just knowing how to handle that really well or uh, knowing how to balance it all, that would be an important skill to have down for sure. Yes. How about you, Alicia? What are your thoughts on mentorship? Mentorship. What what is that? <laughs> um, does that even exist? Um, I think it's a beautiful idea. Um, I just, I mean, and I wish I had it. 
um, when I think of mentors, uh, like for my first nursing role, I mean, I had a preceptor, which you would think would be your preceptor and mentor, but that person can make or break you. I mean, we've had horrible experiences with preceptors that have kind of thrown us under the bus or made us feel foolish and inadequate. And it's already such a, a, a delicate time as far as any transition to any job. You're in such a delicate period because you're learning. You already feel like, okay, there's a lot to take in. And yeah, a mentor that can pull you up and encourage you and like, but that's a skill that I, I mean, I don't know if you can teach people that skill because it has to be something that, you know, one that you, my preceptor, the first one I, I had, um, you know, it, it was a challenging experience to be honest. And I'm wondering, like, is he going to listen to this? Yeah. Do not. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? I mean, very knowledgeable nurse. Um, however, there were things lacking to that. And I think for me, I learned a lot of things that I would improve moving forward if I was in that role of preceptorship, like knowing, hmm, you know what, these are things I really would have wanted to pull from my preceptor slash mentor, like that I wish that that person had shared with me or like, you know, those pearls, just wisdom, just being attentive, just seeing where maybe I was lacking something or missing something and, and made it feel okay. Um, but, but like, you know, you said, like, as far as what was that preceptorship? Sometimes you had one one day and then if that person was out, you had another one and you just, and, and some were better than others. But I think mentorship, as far as a mentorship program um, in hospitals or um, employer settings is beautiful. Is be just, I think overall that would just, you know, alleviate some of that overwhelming stress, anxiety, and, you know, potential burnout someone can get, because if they're mentored properly initially, then they'll feel like they have the tools to kind of, you know, do well. I mean, that's the whole thing is to set someone up to do well in the role that they're in. And that's definitely sorely and missing from, from nursing, unfortunately. And I also think nurses need to feel empowered that you can, you know, identify your own mentor. So mm -hmm. you can have that preceptor who you just don't align with, but your mentor is someone you can pick, someone you align with, you know? And I think that's what we learn in nursing school. Like, you know, we're assigned a mentor, we're assigned, not a mentor, we're assigned a preceptor, we're assigned a, a nurse on the floor. We are not empowered to say, I'm going to reach out to this person because this is who I need. This is who I align with. You know, mm -hmm. I, I think it's, it's the mindset of, of the mm -hmm. nurse that we just. Yeah, that's such a great idea. I'm just. <laughs> Yeah, my wheels are turning, but I'm thinking, <laughs> wouldn't that be so nice if you could meet the team that you're going to work with <clears throat> and you can say, I would like to work with this person as my preceptor or my mentor um, that might make uh, a little more success in that area. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I do want to switch gears just a little bit, um, just in terms of talking about stress and wellness and the pandemic. Uh, what helped you ladies get through uh, the pandemic? Because all of our lives are shifted personally and professionally. Um, but, but how did you get through? Um, because, you know, what helped you can possibly help someone listening right now. Uh, and we'll start with Christina. Oh, gosh. Um... The pandemic was kind of traumatic. I was actually in the ICU. I had just started in the ICU a few months before. And I remember our first patient coming in and just the fear. And as, as the days progressed, just seeing the, it was like, it was 
crazy. And I, I, I'm not an emotional person, but I remember going to lunch and just crying and just being like, because we had a, um, a mother who had just given birth. Her, both her and her husband had um, had gotten COVID, and the the father, the husband died, and then they ended up, you know, doing a C-section for the for the mother, and um, we didn't know if she was going to survive. Or we're like, there's this baby in the. So it was just traumatic, and I was just thinking, what is going to happen? So it was just crazy. And if I didn't have my family, if I didn't have my friends, um, I don't know that I would have, you know, made it through because it it you know, for everybody, it was just, oh, traumatic. And I think that there's going to be an, you know, an aftermath. I mean, there's a lot of PTSD that's going to be happening because it was like a lot of uh, healthcare workers, they don't, they haven't had the downtime to kind of process it all. Um, And I think that um, in the, in the years to come, there's going to be a, you know, a need for just helping with the mental health of healthcare workers. Um, and not, I mean, not saying that they, they were the only ones going through it, but just, um, you know, it was, it was, it was a lot. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for sharing that, Christina. Mm-hmm. How about you, Oneida? Um, Yeah, it was, it was definitely hard. It was like a total shock to, uh, you know, and everybody had to just transition and, and our minds were thrown, you know, and we were like, what do we do? Where do we go? How's this going to work? Um, but, you know, just trying to stay positive on, on every angle and, and, and taking one step at a time, one day at a time and not looking back and not looking too far ahead. Um, you know, as hard as that is, I think it's important to do that in, in, in all areas of life and with everything. Um, sometimes we can get trapped in, in focusing in, in, you know, the here and now and not um, being able to get out of that. Um, so just definitely important to, uh, keep your eyes up and, 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 and stay, uh, just, you know, one, one thing at a time, one step at a time. Thank you for sharing that. How about you, Alicia? Um, so I, yeah, I had good days and bad days. Um, some days it was like, okay, I'm just going to veg on, uh, binge on Netflix shows just to get my mind off of it. It was like a lot of escapism just to kind of get my mind off of it. But ultimately, I mean, so my faith is just a big part of, of how I managed. Um, I had great pastors that I was able, that I was able to, um, go to and, and good other, you know, friends and people of faith, just as a believer, knowing ultimately, no matter what happens, you know, we're, we're going to get through it, but no matter what happens, we ultimately, ultimately know, you know, what's, what our future is. And so for me, I mean, it would just be meditation, reading scriptures, just things that encouraged my soul and my spirit just to, just to stay on top of it, because there's, there was such an influx of negativity that was so much like death and doom and gloom that, I mean, I had to stop watching the television, stop watching the news, stop watching, you know, uh, a lot of things that were opinionated and, and, just griping and arguments and those things that, that affect you on such a deep level, you know? So at my core, it was just always, you know, my faith, just kind of always going back to my belief in the Lord and, you know, what he was doing in my life and that it was all going to be okay. You know? So that was my, my way to get through. Yeah. I I think when crisis like this hit, it's really trying to find your anchor, whether Mm -hmm. it's your family, whether it's, you know, religion, but what is your anchor? And it's something we don't really think about. 
right? Sure. Yeah. So, yeah. How about you, Colleen? I'm I'm actually so simple. I got two dogs. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's what dumb. I did. <laughs> That's how I got every day. I got two dogs and I will say that as hard as it was, I was, I felt blessed that I felt, I felt blessed in the way that you do when the power goes out for a long time or any situation in life that, that you get a snowstorm. I'm from Northeast, right? So that, that, those forced quiet times when there's not much you can really do, it's out of your control. And the only thing that you can really do is try to just figure out how to be in that moment. And I, so I got the dogs, but I was also so grateful to have my kids. I had all my kids. I have three kids. They were all in the same house with me. And I was, I just tried to soak that in and tried, and I used that to get me through every day. And just keep kept reminding myself to be grateful and just be grateful. We're okay. Everything's okay. You know, my family was okay. It, it, you know, because if you think about it too much or you focus too much, like I think, like Alicia said, like I turned off the TV, I turned off the news, I stopped looking at the arguments on social media. I just, I was like, I'm not gonna, I, I'm just gonna be, I'm just gonna be in the moment, I'm just gonna get through every day. So that's what I did. Yeah, yeah, it definitely was, was a stressful time. Even, you know, for, for me, myself, I um, just had my baby. So he was just a Goodness. few months old. Wow. And um, I struggled because I wasn't on the front lines. I was working from home, doing research. I mean, I was living the life. <laughs> working that's okay, home. though. That's but, okay. But I was struggling because I wanted to be on the front lines. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that, that, that's my, it was really hard. My mom was with us. She was elderly. I have this little baby and here I am wanting to go on the front lines, even though this virus is out there killing people, you know? So it, it was a struggle. I think everyone struggled in their own way. Um, mm-hmm. but thank you so much for sharing your stories. Um, and before we wrap up, I want to um, know how can people get in contact with you to learn more about the podcast, learn more about you all? You want to, we uh, we have a website. You can go to www.4NPspodcast. It's the number four NPS podcast. We're also uh, all over social media. You can download our podcasts wherever you get your podcasts. And we have a YouTube channel where we record and video um, all of our podcasts so you can watch as well. And then there's some other content on there too. We do like, you know, audiograms and things like that and little snippets of information. And um, yeah. And you can also email us at four podcast at gmail.com. And um, that's it. All right. That is awesome. So if you listen to the podcast, you know, I'm not going to let you get out of here without doing a rapid fire. <laughs> we, we do <laughs> <to your podcast>. <laughs> <laughs> We're ready. All right. So we're going to go Christine, Alicia, Oneida, and Colleen. All right. Wellness means? Family. Wholeness. I like that one. Um, uh, Wellness means um, a general sense of well-being. Mm, I love that. I love all the answers. I know I'm stressed when. I get a pimple. 
on my face because I've been resting my face on my hand and I'm just thinking because life is so stressful. I get these big pimples on my chin. It's horrible. When I feel confused, mm. stressed. <laughs> mm. When my husband says, how are you? And I cry. Oh. <laughs> um, when I feel heat in my chest, I get feel I get very anxious when I'm when I'm stressed. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> my go-to stress management solution is South or sleeping. One of those two. <laughs> uh, I would say lavender, worship music, sleep, <laughs> sun, light, um, candles, and a drive in my car with loud music. <laughs> yes. It's interesting how music can shift your mood. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 One word that describes me is oh, you, guys can help her. you guys can help her. <laughs> Oh, lost. <laughs> I was going to say in control. No, I was going to say organized, yeah. Christina. <laughs> organized. I love it. Thank you, Alicia. <laughs> You're organized, Christina. Okay, I'll take it. That's put that on a sticky like note and, and put it right in front of your mirror. I am organized. <laughs> um, I, I should say calm for Christina. She's, she's, <laughs> she's very like even. She doesn't. You know, she doesn't get too excited too often, sometimes once in a while, but usually pretty calm. I would say for me, the word that comes to mind over the past couple of years, resilience. Mm. Goofy. Goofy? (laughs) (laughs) Well, we like that and we don't want you crying. So (laughs) yeah, it's one extreme or the other. (laughs) Uh, For me, uh, I'm driven. Mm-hmm. I like that one. I haven't heard that one. Driven. <laughs> yes. One piece of advice I'll give to a new NP launching into the field is? Um, don't settle. Do what's right for you. And um, if it doesn't fit, uh, keep moving until you find something that fits for you. Just keep going. If you have to encourage yourself every single day and look in that mirror and Give yourself words of affirmations and encouragement. Just keep going. Don't give up. I'd say yes, do it. You got it. Keep moving forward. I would I would say all those same things. I would just say it in the Finding Nemo way of just keep swimming. (laughs) (laughs) I have that sign on my wall in my office. Just keep swimming. Keep going. (laughs) That's awesome. The last time I had a belly laugh was. I, I find uh, generally life is um, hilarious because if you don't laugh, you're going to cry. So um, I have a belly laugh at least once a day. I need one now. <laughs> I need a belly laugh right now. I don't know that I can remember a good belly laugh. Oh, gosh. Help me. <laughs> I need one today. So before we hang out, let's, uh, let's get a belly laugh in there. Um, I'm like Christina. I laugh all the time. So today, <laughs> belly laugh. I don't. I don't know if I've had a. That's sad. I don't know if I've had a good belly laugh in a while. I I definitely do surround myself though with people who who can make me belly laugh for sure. Um, my husband. I probably laugh with my husband in the last week or so. He's pretty funny. That <laughs> so. is awesome. 
And my last question, or these aren't really questions, but it is a question. What is one thing you want people to walk away from after listening to your podcast? That, uh, you know, there's people out there who can help you, that you're not alone. And um, it's a great profession. And if you're struggling um, initially, that uh, it'll get better. Um, That you're normal. (laughs) We're all a little uh, bit, uh, you know, just struggling as far as just trying to find our way. And it's a journey and that you're going to make it. But I think sometimes when you don't have a set vision or a set idea, sometimes, you know, some, some, you know, people can feel inadequate. I know I have. So I think it's just kind of like, you're normal. You're okay. (laughs) You've got this. Yeah, I definitely agree with all those things um, that no matter what, um, life is a challenge um, and and we have to almost embrace those things because it's never going to be an easy walk. But um, the more you put yourself out there, the more you're going to just love, you know, doing these things and being encouraged by your 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 courage. Uh, I hope they get the message that they can do anything. You can do anything. The sky's the limit. Yes. Yes. Awesome. Well, this has been amazing. And something that kept coming to me as you know, you all were talking was, I I feel a book in the air. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like oh, my gosh. oh, darn. I just Challenge got accepted. <laughs> yes. You guys have such an amazing story and you have birthed such an amazing podcast and you're serving the world. So you have to document this somewhere in a book so people can read it years from now, leave your legacy. But that's what I'm feeling. So I'll I'll, I'll leave it here and you guys can have it. I can see Colleen's wheels turning. Knows me so well. I'm P memoirs. The memoirs. Oh, I love it. Yeah, it's a good title. <laughs> oh, that's, that's what I'm feeling. I'm feeling. So I'm just delivering the message. Oh, amazing. Thank you. Well, thank you. Yeah. But this and was Wendy, so fun. We would love to have you on our podcast. If anytime you want to come on, please, please, please send us oh, yeah, uh, anything. We would love it. Absolutely. And I would like to have you you four back. So I want oh. you back on the podcast so we can talk again. I really enjoyed this. So thank oh, you. So thanks. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, Wendy. Yeah. You were awesome. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a review. Between episodes, you can follow the Nurse Wellness Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Before you go, I would love to share a free mindfulness ebook with you. Go to stressblueprint.com backslash 35 and download your free copy. Until next time, go out and be your best, do your best, and give your best. If you enjoyed podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Hopeful Hints hosted by Dr. Tara, guides and supports those on the often challenging and isolating journey of women's health concerns and infertility. There's a particularly powerful episode that you should check out called All Things Endometriosis, which dives deep into understanding the condition to help the many women who suffer from endometriosis and have no idea they have it, and healthcare providers 
who are uneducated about it, making the diagnosis process so difficult. Check out Hopeful Hints on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com.